Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Now, Kevin, we did this, I want to say, Friday. And then I saw today, I, I, I haven't been on Twitter near what I normally am when I'm back home. I just been super busy, but I saw a headline, something about Bay Fall, and then you were to click on to that link, and and there's there is that is there fresh news concerning Bay Fall? I'll start there. I mean, he's been, you know, we talked about this the other day. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he arrived on campus in late June. He started practicing in early July, and um, you know, I I just kind of formally disclosed that. Last week on Twitter, we talked about it on this program. I've talked about it on Pig Trail Nation. I've written a, uh, my, my weekly Hoop Hogs notebook where that was my lead, just talking about the fact that you know, all, the things, all the things that we just went over and mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he was helping with the already at practice because they were thin on the front line with, you know, with Trevor and Brazil and, and Makai Mitchell both really targeting a fall return. Uh, so it was Jalen Graham and a walk-on, Lawson Blake, really – you're only two bigs in practices now that we're into the second month, really, of those limited practices. So, they fall helps out immediately in practice. Uh, and, the, and the University of Arkansas has been putting out photos, um, you know, of the, in the last couple of days, including today, of they fall at practice. So, uh, you know, we, we formally I, I broke the news that he was, uh, you know, practicing with the team. It kind of been out on social media a few weeks ago that he was seen at XNA Airport arriving in Northwest Arkansas, but, you know, just kind of confirming what's been going on, and now the university's kind of, you know, putting out its own, you know, it's it's, it's interesting, Randy, because this time, usually every year, under Musselman's program, by now, we've seen a lot of practice videos, little sure. snippets from practice, a lot of photos, and there hasn't been nearly as much as that this year, and so to, to see them release the, the photos of Bayfall at practice, uh, you know, coincides with my reporting a few days before but also it's just it's rare to get much out of practice these days so just to see that was a little encouraging i think a lot of that has to do with something else i've been talking about you know there's an unnamed commitment to this point uh there may be as many as two players ended up redshirting maybe only one maybe none that's all going to be resolved still Uh, but i think you know part of this is, is arkansas trying to sort through things before you know, it really kind of you know, mass saturates social media uh, with images from players who are participating. You know, some might contain some who may not play on the team this year because they may have to register. I'm just saying there's probably tactical reasons and optics as factoring into why things have been more limited. Another part of that might be, you know, uh, to, to take a different tack um, and kind of keep things below the radar for a while and let them work on stuff. You know, it's going to be a more veteran team because when you look at the portal, they're going to end up with as many as seven players out of that portal, only two freshmen. You've got five returnees. So, you know, there may be some strategy there as well as to not be as front and center with the, uh, with the social media activity from practices and videos and different things, uh, taking a different tack to let the, let the you know, let the program work through some stuff and 
improve during these early practices uh, and, and keeping the expectations maybe tempered a little bit. Have you heard anything regarding player performances thus far? Kevin, one of the names I'd like to get an update on, I don't know if you have any information on, on Layden Blocker, how he's been doing so far. Yeah, I've gotten some information. I've, I've, you know, I have been asked uh, to kind of pump the brakes on some of that. Some of it I've talked about a little bit already. I can tell you that uh, just early on after arriving, you know, most of the players, including the newcomers, got in Memorial Day weekend at some point. So well over a month, a month and a half ago, and Layden Blocker's a guy that immediately started game, garnering the respect of the veteran players. I mentioned this is a veteran team. Uh, you got several grad transfers coming into that backcourt through the portal. Um, you, you know, and I think the coaching staffs like what they've seen from him. Uh, when, when you look at the, you know, the, we talk about all this college experience. We know Musselman covets that when he goes into the portal. But one of the younger players they got in Minifield, Keon Minifield Jr. from Washington, he was he was you know, made the Pac-12 all-freshman team last year. I've already heard good things about him. I mentioned the front line being short on numbers. Ball joins the mix. But prior to that, in the early going, I kept hearing how Jalen Graham was doing well. Well, when you don't have Trevor Brazil and Makai Mitchell to battle against, uh, you know, that might help explain that. But we've also seen Jalen Graham shine at times, uh, you know, when, the, when it was live bullets against SEC teams and other teams in non-conference at various times. It was hit and miss. We know defensively there were some question marks there with him. But offensively, he really helped Arkansas at times. Uh, but I think, you know, to hear some solid reports there. Uh, Jeremiah Davenport's a guy I mentioned before in one of these segments. Uh, when he first got there, you know, they chart everything. They chart the shot taking and making. And he, he immediately impressed everybody with just his uh, ability to be efficient in, in some of the stuff they were charting. So, those are just a few of the things. There's a lot more, but again, uh, some of the stuff we'll we'll pause on now because I was asked to not get, get into too much. The only reason I shared, I revisited some of that, it, it was stuff I was allowed to talk about prior. Really going back to the first four weeks of the early limited practices, which was most of June. All right, this is from our Buzz text line uh, from the five o one. And uh, says, please ask Kevin an update on Brazil. Yeah. You know, and Musselman talked about this. He had a press conference a few weeks ago, really his first one uh, for this, you know, for this season, even though we're not to the season yet. It was the first press conference after limited practice started for this 23-24 team. And he talked about the fact that Brazil's probably ahead of schedule. The problem is they're not going to rush the schedule or speed things up because he's ahead of schedule. They've always targeted a fall return for him in terms of full participation practice. He's been doing stuff on a limited basis, but not full participation. And so he's on target for that. And, and he's ahead of schedule and what where they thought he would be. But that doesn't mean that they ramp up his, his full return. They're going to stay with the same schedule. I think that's smart. You know, uh, there'll be a, a break here at the end of this July. At some point at the end of the second part of the limited practices, there'll be a, a, a break between the end of the second summer uh, uh, summer school session and the start of the fall semester. There'll be a break. Um, there'll be, you know, they'll take a little time off, maybe a couple of weeks. 
and then they'll get back to practice and and, and, and ramp up on court time to some degree, leading into October. So there's probably somewhere in September where we're going to hear about. Well, that's the expected timeline. I don't know how much they're going to talk about it or release it, but that's the expected timeline sometime in December where Trevor and Brazil would be released to to return to full participation in practice, which means moving forward full participation once you get into the season. In regards to athleticism, I don't know that Ricky Council – to me goes back to Michael Qualls and there's been some others that have been just freaky athletically. We didn't get to see enough of Graham, but there there seems to be some moments that he would flash. How athletic Kevin is Jalen Graham. Well he's athletic. He's a guy that had some nice finishes above the rim and he was kind of fearless in the way he did it. I think Trevor in Brazil you know, if we don't start there now, granted, that's pre-injury, yeah. so we need to see how that plays out. But I think both of those guys on the front line are plus athletes. Um, and, you know, Brazil's got a, added length and a little little more versatility of some things he can do. But Jalen Graham's uh, an athlete, you know, I would consider a plus athlete. They're listing him at 6'10 this year. Last year they listed him at 6'9". Uh, so I don't know if he grew any or they just decided they didn't measure him right last year or that's yeah. But, but you know, for a 6'10 guy, uh, he's pretty agile, and he, he does. He, he he can get up and pound it home. We know Brazil can. Brazil arguably had the dunk of the year before he got hurt. Uh, ESPN Sports Center top ten, number one play, I believe, um, you know, early in my conference play. I think most people remember that Matrix-like dunk on, on, on the defender. Uh, but it's nice to have two athletic players like that on your front line because Arkansas – is going to have some nice athleticism in the backcourt as well. If Trey Biddy were on the show right now, he would tell you that if they're listing Graham at 6'10 when he was 6'9 last year, he's actually 6'7 and a half. So, you know, anyway. uh, <laughs> he thinks all yeah, heights I mean, are you exaggerated. Know, you, you don't grow an inch in a year. He's probably 6'9 and a quarter or something, you know. So it's right. okay. They can list him. Yeah, yeah I, I used mean, to be in that business. I, I know how it goes. So it's okay. Yep. Yeah. Most of the most of the heights and some of them are inflated though. That's what's interesting to me are the ones they choose to kind of keep it real with, um, you know. So they, they've done that with players as well. But you, but a lot of times you're right. They they inflate the heights. All right, hang tight. There's the music that is Kevin right, McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. And yes, our friends Chris Walker and company of. Fence Brokers. Drive Time Sports coming to you from the SEC Football Media Days. Thanks again to First Security Bank. We'll continue in just one moment. The number one sports radio show in Arkansas. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Coverage of SEC Media Days is presented by First Security Bank. Bank better at First Security. And brought to you in part by UAMS and Kaufman by Design West. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile.
And welcome back once again to Drive Time Sports and our coverage of the SEC Football Media Days from Nashville, Tennessee, Music City. We've had a few storms come through, guys, and uh, uh, had severe weather and thunderstorm warnings and so forth. So uh, my position, I can't even see outside, but I can get just a little bit of peak and it looks a little dark out there uh kevin i got a couple of questions for you by way of our um um buzz text line said are there any this from the 209 which is in california okay are there any worries about the freshman not getting much playing time and transfer it out like we had this year well you know, the, the first part of that, when he used the word worries, I would say, you know, that's reasonable to think that the younger players might not, especially early, might not have uh, rotation roles. You know, and I think Melsman has established in every recruiting class since he's been there, he's going out and getting veteran players, and they typically fill those rotation roles. And so a guy like Moses Moody, the first one and done was a bit of an anomaly. He was a day one starter. You saw guys like Devo Davis, Jalen Williams, who moved on to the NBA after two years. Devo, one of the most storied postseason players in Arkansas history for some of the things he's done to help Arkansas in the last few NCAA tournaments, and he's been a solid regular season player. Even those two guys had to kind of bide their time as freshmen, and, and, and they got into the rotation after Arkansas had gotten off to a two-and-four start in league play. So, you know, just historically, when you look at it, you know, last year was half and half. You had six freshmen. Three of them were projected one and done five stars. Those guys were in the mix as starters and rotation pieces immediately. We know Nick Smith Jr. missed a lot of games, more than half the season, due to his issue with his knee. But, you know, that was a little bit different. You had three other freshmen, by the way, who were top 100 guys and didn't see the court that often. Two of those three had moved on. Joseph Pinion's the loan of the group of that group that's returning, and so he he never really forged a, a role in the top rotation. He did help Arkansas win uh, a couple of SEC games they might have otherwise lost uh, by having some really good games in there and kind of changing the dynamic for a poor three-point shooting team. I say all that to say the track record shows it's hard to crack the rotation as a as a young player and a true freshman for Eric Mossman. So. You know, I just went through a bunch of the names, kind of reminded people of the paths there. So I think you have to come into it looking like, looking at it like, will Layden Blocker and or Keon Minifield Jr. Uh, be, be go-to players immediately and be in that top rotation or starting? Uh, if you had to, you know, if you had to guess, maybe not. On the other hand, part of that question was, will it result in guys leaving? Well, kind of went through that history. Some guys left. You know, Chance Moore was Arkansas's lone freshman. Uh, you know, two or three recruiting cycles ago, top 100 player that didn't factor in much, and he left right after the season. Uh, Jackson Robinson, another top 100 player that lasted a season, and then he was gone after transferring from Texas A&M. So you had highly recruited players from the high school level, even though Robinson technically was a transfer, but he was a younger player that didn't have much experience. So you see a lot of them do leave. Uh, so who knows how it will play out if guys aren't heavily factored into the top rotation that are young, will that be enough to send them on their way? Will the staff, you know, and, and player combinations decide it's, you know, that's part of their process of development at Arkansas, kind of like 
perhaps they've got with Pinion right now, who did return. You just have to see how it plays out. This from the 501 says, uh, Graham has very good footwork. Well, he has good footwork as an offensive player getting, you know, getting into his spin moves and pivots when you start talking 15 feet and in. Um, but then sometimes when, when the defense plans for the direction he's going, he doesn't always have a counter. You know, he can counter left or right with a spin, but if you take the spin away, sometimes he, he, he doesn't have a great angle. He'll take the shot anyway. Uh, defensively, I still question his footwork. Um, I, I don't think defensively he has the best footwork. Uh, so it depends on what we're talking about, but there are some truths to that statement. <laughs> and there is truth about the lack of footwork. Uh, and even uh, on defense, and you sometimes can even say that uh, from a rebounding standpoint. Uh, this one, Rick, is actually for you from the 501. So okay. there's a great debate starting to surface about Shohei Otani being the GOAT. I'd love to hear Rick's thought on that. Let's see him play another seven or eight years before we talk about that. You know, it's interesting even when they're talking about would somebody trade for him. And I've, the Orioles have been mentioned, you know, would you trade for a guy? If this is your shot, they've got such a strong farm system. But the problem is since he got this blister on his finger, he's only pitched ten innings. And so how much more is he going to be able to pitch? Uh, can he continue to hit? Yeah. He hit his 35th home run last year, last night. Has he ever hit 60? No. Is he likely to ever hit 60? No. Um, so is he the greatest ever? Right now, you have you could you can't even debate if he's the best in baseball. Ronald Acuna Jr. is putting up numbers that are pretty astonishing too. Yeah. So uh, one of those two is the best player. So you can say, okay, if it's not a clear cut, he's the best right player right now. If there's even another player close to him. How in the world could you call him the best ever? No, I think he's a great player, but you can't call him the best ever. He's 28 years old. Let's see how he's doing when he's 34 or 35. We were calling Mike Trout one of the best ever. We called Albert Pujols one of the best ever. When they hit 31, they weren't as good as they were when they were 25. So let's see what happens over the next seven or eight years. All right, Kevin, before we run out of time, great weekend by the Arkansas Hawks. Um, Honor Botang is playing lights out, uh, but what a great stretch we're seeing of, of play by the Arkansas Hawks. Yeah, but, you know, back-to-back weekends of, of live July uh, live eval periods for Division One coaches go out. Botang, uh, two weeks ago, 21.5 points, 47% for three, high volume over three makes per game. This last weekend, it was there was some blue-collar stuff in there. He had back-to-back double-doubles. Um, so, he, you know, he's putting up numbers once again, scoring, rebounding. He does a little bit of everything. And then Terry on class of 2025 national top 30 at a Benton 6-9 combo forward. has played all five positions this July uh, on some, in some of these major events uh, for the Hawks and, and continues to produce. R.J. Young, class of 2026. Uh, has been playing, had three 30-point games with the 15 and under Hawks two weeks ago. They moved him up to 17U in Las Vegas this weekend, and he played well. He had a final game. He scored 10 points on 5-7 shooting, but there's a young man that just finished his freshman high school season in Bryant, 
6'4 guard, R.J. Young. So he's coming along. Uh, by the way, guys, last segment we didn't get to talk about the Pro Hogs and NBA Summer League. I just put out my final awards. I gave uh, uh, Jordan Walsh MVP. I had Nick Smith Jr. as the most outstanding offensive player. He had the top performance in that 33.4 rebound, three assist game. He also had a steal and a block in that game. Uh, and then I had I had Anthony Black. He led all Pro Hogs in rebounding, assists, and steals. Had him as the all-around performer among Pro Hogs in summer league. Interesting. And uh, I guess with the exception of those that are playing in the uh, summer league championship game, it was the, last uh, night. Pro Hogs. Last night, Cleveland. Yes, last Cleveland, night, yeah. Cleveland won last yeah, night. Yeah, that, that concluded yeah. on Monday. Yeah. Summer league are, is over. Yeah. So what are they? What what what's up with them now, Kevin? Well, it's interesting because the the one the you know this is a what a run in the last three weeks from NBA draft to summer league for the three one and duns who all got drafted and Eric Mussman front center on ESPN and national television at the draft. He attended. He was out there at summer league on TV talking about it. But at the end of the week, Muscle will be in Little Rock with Moses Moody, the original one and done, and the most decorated freshman in Arkansas history. He's already won an NBA title as an NBA rookie. Uh, but there, he's going to have a Moses Moody Day. So, uh, it's his first annual two-day event. He'll have a camp on Saturday. Muscle will be in for a night with Moses Moody. It's at the Arkansas uh, Museum of Arts here in Little Rock. That'll be a Q&A with invited guests. That's going to be interesting because – Moody really was that first domino. He was the first one to raise his hand and said, I'm going to be a one and done. I'm going to play at Arkansas. And he's really, to me, still the blueprint. You can come 